Hey, it's Damian Barling reminding you to check out the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network for all of your Sacramento Kings news and notes. You can follow me on Twitter at Damian Barling, and you can follow us at Hoop Ball Kings. Don't miss a single episode of the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. Hello, Sammy B, Sam Brewski, and welcome to Hoopball Grizz, guys. All right, guys. We told you we'd come back. We're going to talk about players in the draft. Memphis, right now, barring any type of trades, are going to be looking at just one draft pick. They're coming in second round, pick number 40. So we're looking at projected guys right around that area. Um, There's... Depending on where you're looking at, you're going to get these guys at different ranks. So, you know, some of these guys that we're talking about, you may be like, man, they're not going to be there. That is a possibility, but I just wanted to kind of cover, we we got the, the first two guys that we got today. We're going to talk about Mason Jones from Arkansas and Killian Tilly from Gonzaga. Um, just going to bring you a little bit, man. It's good content. It's guys, for me, going into last year, Whenever they drafted Brandon Clark, I had no idea. I love basketball, but I don't really watch a ton of college basketball. I, I'll watch a game here and there. Whenever it comes tournament time, I'll watch it. But I didn't know who Brandon Clark was. And so this year, I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to look and see. And, you know, we may completely miss. They may not even touch any of these guys that we're looking at. But we're going to bring it to you and try and cover as many as we can between now and the draft. And, and hopefully one of these guys that we discuss will be somebody they draft, and so you'll have a little bit of knowledge about them anyway. Now, before we jump into that, I had uh, the pleasure earlier today, Anthony Sane, uh, he's like a unicorn, man. He, he's a unicorn for me. Sam and I have been wanting to have him on the show for a while, and it's been a lot of back and forth trying to get schedules lined up and then you know stuff popping up, and it just hasn't happened. So I had the pleasure of sitting down with him today and, and – talking about the things that went down at the bubble the you know the um, the teams uh the walking out what however whatever you want to call it whatever label you want to put on it you know the boycott i think that's more of like a a store slash financial type thing rather than what they were doing as a walkout so, you know, Sane came on. We talked a little bit about that. Sam and I are not really going to jump into that. We're going to bring you the uh, – we're going to bring you these player breakdowns and just go from there. But we will get Sane. He will be on a little bit later on in the show. I'll put it on, and you guys will uh, get the pleasure. It was great having him on. Sane, thanks again for coming on, man. I think I told him that about 20 times. I mean, he – It's a it, big deal. It is. He's, he's blowing up, man. You know, and, and he deserves it. He's been working his butt off. He's a beat writer for uh, Sports Illustrated, covers the Grizzlies in Memphis, and he's on the radio now, co-host of his own morning show, or not his own, co-host, with uh, Peter Edmondson. Uh, You know, it's big stuff. He's doing big things, and uh, I was just super excited to have him cut time out of his day to come and be on the podcast with us. All right, Sam, we are going to start first one. Mason Jones. Mason Jones. Sam, 
I think you got some stats for us, I do. Right? I All do. right, fire it up. Well, okay, I've got a bunch. I've got a bunch here. I'll so. start with this. I'll roll with this, and then we'll let him okay. get to the stats. So Mason Jones is a guard. He's a 6'5 guard from Arkansas, Six foot ten wingspan, six foot nine, six foot ten. I read different measurements mm-hmm. at different places, so I think six nine, six ten is a good guess. That's what I have. He led the SEC in free throw attempts and free throws made, and he was the SEC Player of the Year. Same with the stats. Move All on right. Now. So this is his first year with uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. He had, he played thirty four games. He started twenty six of them. He played almost thirty minutes. His field goal percentage was right at the forty percent mark. His three point, which I don't know if you've watched highlights on this kid or not, he's uh he can he, fill it he's up. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> he's really yep. good. He's right at that thirty six thirty seven percent free throw percent eighty. Hey, I'm I'm cool with that. Yep. A little bit better, but that that's still good. Uh, his rebounds was right at four. Assists right at three. Uh, average of steal uh, blocks. We're not going to talk about. It. He's a guard. We don't need that. Right. Yeah. Guard and, uh, don't get many points. Thirteen point six. Round that up to fourteen. Sounds better. But uh, <laughs> his <laughs> second year, uh, which was just this past year, nineteen twenty, uh, he played thirty one uh, games and started thirty of them. And he uh, his minutes per game was right at the thirty four minute uh, field goal percentage, forty five percent. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, three point drop just a little bit. We're right at the thirty five, but still, I watched on a high volume though. Oh, he, I he, mean, he's a high volume shooter. Yes, he is. I, I tell you, I, I really like the highlights. I saw that guy. He yeah. was he, oh gosh, he was so good. Uh, free throw percentage eighty two percent. I like that. A little that bit better. Improved. That improved. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Right That's, at almost you know, eighty three. I like. I like. You know that how a lot. we feel about free throws, right? That's here. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rebounds, he's right at 5.5. Assists, 3.4. That went up, too. I'm all right with that. Steals, 1.6. Theoretically, he's he's going to play the two-guard. Yes, he is. So, assists from the two-guard position don't really happen a whole lot. No. Not that they can't, but odds are, you know... Well, it's if just going to pass the ball. It'd be all right. If Grizzlies draft him... But they're going John Morant. John Morant is going to – he's oh, the assist guy. Yes. They're not going to be counting on Mason Jones to get assists. It's just well, not going to be – Well, if he does, be, it's just a plus, especially if you got You're fantasy, right. you know. Yeah. But yeah. Go uh, ahead. I'm sorry I'm oh, interrupting. Block still, uh, still trash with point two. But, again, we don't need these guards, so we don't yeah. need that. And his points actually went up 22 points a game. Yeah, he uh, he he can really fill it up. That so some of the strengths that I was reading about with Mason, and, and if you watch video of him, you can see he oh can my. score at all three levels. Yes, he you know do it off the dribble, catch and shoot at the rim. Don't matter. He can get there. He can take care of business. Some of the knocks that I saw on Mason, um, but before I'm not I'm not going to give you any negatives uh, right don't now. Don't knock on this. this I, kid's give, a beast. I'll give you some negatives a little bit later. His last five games, the final five games of the season this year, he goes 22, 30, 36, 26, 37. So that right there in the SEC, the SEC's got a lot of talent. They really, really do. It's If you're averaging 30 points a game, or you know, what would you say you average, Sam? He didn't average 22. 30. 22 points a game, SEC. You're doing something. Mm-hmm. The fact that he led the F- the SEC in free throw attempts and free throw makes tells you that he knows how to play through. Like he knows how to draw contact. One of the the big positives. One of the, you know I read a ton of different breakdowns on him, and it seemed like every one of them mentioned his pump fake. Said he got a strong pump fake, 
And that, you know, you got a good pump fake, you're going to draw contact. And then, you know, as he come, you know, gets into the NBA, gets stronger, he's going to be able to play through that contact, be able to shoot through that contact. Um, but this was actually the way, you know, Sam said two years, but he's actually a junior. He played a year of junior college. Yes, he did. Yep. And with there, the, I have that. It's the Connor State Cowboys. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a question to Sam here. Oh boy. I don't know. See, it. see if he knows what I this is. No idea. There is an NBA player right now. Oh boy. He is an elite player. Um, I don't really know where to say to rank him, but he went to junior college first and then went to Marquette and turned out to be a well above average NBA player. Do you have any idea who that would be? Mm. Buckets. Buckets. <laughs> Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler done the same thing. He, he played a year of junior college, went to Marquette, and, uh, you know, just – works his butt off on his game and he's one of the the better players in the league right now so that's the work in there there are a couple things that are kind of scary about mason jones you look at his numbers and his ability to score and the holes that the grizzlies have that's kind of they need somebody that can score but athleticism is kind of something that that was a knock on him because he's not a big, you know, he doesn't have a massive vertical. He's not going to go up and play above the rim. Do you have to have that to be effective in the NBA? They hit or miss on that, man. Steve Nash didn't need it. No, gosh. You know, no. there there were there are plenty of guys that have played in the NBA that were not the most athletically gifted people. This front office has definitely been looking at more athletic kids, you know, like drafting these kids. They're kids to me. I'm well, an old man. I was about to say, they'll be kids to me for sure. So, <laughs> so you know, they've been the front office has been leaning t- more toward athletic guys. And so, you know, they may not even look at Mason Jones, but because of what he done in the SEC, you, you got to give the kid a nod at least. You know, at least look into it, talk to him. I, you know, I wanted to talk about him just because, you know, SEC player, that's a, that's a you know, Power 5 conference. It's and, a big deal. You know, you're, you're winning co-SEC player of the year. You're mm-hmm. doing something. Um, his defense, there's been questions about his effort and how good he's going to be on the, in, in the NBA on the defensive end of the floor. Um, he's got a really strong step back. One of his, uh, his interviews, he's like, I like my step back to the left in the NBA – they watch a lot of video. There's a lot of scouting reports. In college, he may just be better, and so he can hit that step back to the left because his defender doesn't have what it's ta- what it takes to stop it. But when he's playing a guy like Pat Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, so on and so forth. Robert Covington. If he's playing one of these guys that can take that step back to the left away, can he change it up? I'm not saying that he can't. That's just a question that I'm sure, as an NBA executive, you're going to be, you know, a, a guy that's looking, you know, evaluating talent. All right, is this kid one-dimensional? Can he only go one direction? And so that's something, number one, he's a second-round pick. You're looking at pick number 40. So you're probably not going to get a super-polished guy at pick number four, you're gonna he's gonna be a work in progress, and that's okay. I don't know if Mason Jones is the guy. I really 
to be honest with you, I'm going to guess that he's not based off of his athleticism. I don't think that Kleinman and those guys are going to really dig too deep into him. But I wanted to present him. I wanted to talk about his numbers. I wanted to talk about what he done in the SEC because it's good to know about these guys. We've got plenty of time, and so we're going to have plenty of players. Anybody from the 30 to 55 range, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And I'm hoping that we get to cover all of these guys. That'd be cool. And saying one of the things I asked him earlier today, I said, who's the one player you're looking at? And he's like, man, I got to be honest with you. I'm If they're not a top 10 draft pick, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not really digging into them. He trusts the front office. And I think that, you know, as a Grizzlies fan, you watch what these guys have done from the, the Gasol, Conley, all the moves that they made. Just after this draft, man. You know, look at the decisions they've made collectively and what that's led to for the Grizz. You've, you've got to be comfortable with whatever they do. And Sane seemed to think, you know, he's like got a lot of assets. If there's somebody they like, they may be picking more than once in this draft. And that's obviously not off the table. We'll see what happens there. So we're going to move on from uh, Mason Jones. Said a guard from Arkansas, good size, six foot five, six ten. Weenspan is going to allow him to guard bigger people if he commits on the defensive end, and that's something. I said that that's a question mark for him. We'll see what happens with him. Best of luck to him. I, you know, he he still has the possibility if he doesn't get drafted to stay in college and play another year. We were actually going to cover two guys from Arkansas on this show. But his teammate, Isaiah Joe, decided to go back and play another year at Arkansas. And they, Isaiah Joe was actually projected higher than Mason Jones, even though he didn't average as many points because of his shot. So anything can happen. There's still plenty of time. Um, as far as I know, the last thing that I read, Mason has not hired an agent. So he can still back out of the draft and still be eligible to go back to college. Next guy, we're moving on to Sam. I'm going to tell you about Killian Tilly. Get it. He is a six foot ten power forward center. And you say, why do we need another power forward center? Not necessarily. We don't need. The Grizzlies don't need another power forward. But they need a long-term guy at the center position. Mm -hmm. Because JV, as much as we love him, is not the long-term answer just because of age. He doesn't fit the age group. So if you get a guy that can learn from him, play behind him while he's under contract, maybe that's a good fit. And that's, you know, Tilly, six foot ten, plenty of size to, to play the center position, especially in the NBA, right? You know, six ten, seven foot. You know, yeah, so it might as well it, be. He might as well be seven foot. But, you know, the, the NBA seems like it's getting smaller. Not that the guys are getting any, any shorter, per se, but there's not really a position anymore. You know, you throw your best five guys out there and let's rock. LeBron you know? plays everything. Yeah. So look at what these guys are doing. Look what the Rockets are doing with their lineup. Robert Covington and, is their center. You know, the Denver Nuggets <laughs> had a starting lineup in the bubble and they <laughs> like the shortest guy was six foot nine. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I'm like, man, really just not even fair. But anyway, Killian Tilly, six foot ten. He plays at Gonzaga, six foot eleven wingspan. Go with the stats, Sam. All right, career stats for this man with Gonzaga. He played in 108 games. He started 59 of them. He averaged right over 20 minutes. His field goal percentage was right at that 55 mark, which I like to see. Uh, Three-point 
44%. Down with that. Free throw percentage right at 75. That can be better because you know how we are. But anyway. Yeah. Rebounds, 4.6. That needs to be way better, but we'll talk about that. Assists, 1.4. Steals, right at 1. Uh, blocks per game, 1 as well. Well, he rounded up, you know, make it yeah, sound yeah. better. It's right at yep, 1. Yep, yep. And then uh, points over four years is 9.5. So, so he shot the ball extremely well from deep. Mm-hmm. He shot over 40% each year at Gonzaga. 47.8, 47.9, 43.8, and 40%. In his first two seasons, he played 33 and 36 games. Mm-hmm. He's had some health issues. And that's what's scary about him. Is he going to stay healthy enough when he starts, you know, when you get to the NBA, these are grown men that have been conditioning, that have been lifting weights, that have been in the gym, getting bigger and stronger. Is your body going to hold up? to these guys in his final two seasons at Gonzaga. So he played 33 and 36 in his first two in his final two. He played 39 games combined. So in his second season, he played almost as many games as he played in his final two combined. So he does some things that are good, but is he going to be there? Is he going to be on the floor? Is he going to be healthy enough? And are you willing to take that risk? Is he the long-term answer at center for the Grizzlies? I don't know. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of drafting a player with health issues. We don't need another Chandler Parsons. Obviously. Yeah. But, you know, like if a guy has a ton of upsides, so let's say, for example, Denver Nuggets. Uh-oh. Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Bowl Bowl. Both of those guys had injuries. And they were questionable, but their talent was no doubt. Both of those guys were lottery pick talent. Both of those guys had it. There were just a lot of questions around, can they stay healthy enough? The Nuggets, knowing their roster and what they could do, they drafted those guys because they're like, hey, we can work with these guys. We can get them healthy. We don't have to rush them on the floor to get them out here. And we can get them healthy, and if it pans out, you know, we're taking Bowl Bowl in the second round, and he's first-round talent. We're going to look like geniuses. If it doesn't pan out, mm, okay. It just doesn't pan out. Yeah. I don't know that I'm at the spot. The Grizzlies don't need that. Their roster is not in the, you know, they have some talent on the roster. They have a lot of talent on the roster, honestly, but, they're not at the point where the Nuggets are. They can't be like, oh, okay, I don't have to have him right now so we can just get him healthy and then break him in. So I, I, I really don't know if, if Killian Tilly is going to be the guy. You know, I, I wanted, again, he's a guy that I wanted to talk about because what do you need around John Morant? You need somebody that can catch and shoot. This man... I don't have the overall average, but like I said, 47.8, 47.9, 43.8, 40% from deep. He can shoot it. He can shoot it from three. This is the type of player that you want around Ja Moran because when Ja, with his vision, when he goes to the bucket, he can dish it. If Tilly's in the corner, he's knocking that three down. Yep. So he is, like a, he is a guy... Like, 
he's the type of player that you want with his health issues. Do you take the chance on him? It is second round. I I don't know. Obviously, we don't really know. We're just kind of taking a shot. But he he was very intriguing, you know, to, to jump in. His final season, you know, Sam said on his career he was, what, 9? Nine? 9.5. It's almost 10 points a game. In the final season, he was 14 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. That's okay. It is, except, rebounding. It is, like, it's it's okay, except for rebounding. You see people knocking Jaron Jackson because, oh, he's a seven-footer and he's not grabbing ten rebounds a game. What's wrong with him? So you got to have a guy that's down there. Can Jaron Jackson's rebounding improve? Sure, it can, but it doesn't have to. He doesn't have to grab more than five rebounds a game. I don't care. Well, especially right now, he don't need wait, to. Wait, yeah, yeah, you got JV yeah, and Brandon Clark get down 20, there. So that that you know they're just you know a black hole and they're vacuuming them up down there. So if you draft a guy that's going to play five, you want him to be a good rebounder. And five rebounds a game from Tilly is not saying that he's not. Maybe if he put more effort into it, he could grab more. And maybe if he's in a role that he knows that that's what he needs to do at his size, he would be able to grab more. But again, for me, health issues are a question mark. Do they take a chance on him because he fits the role of somebody that would be good alongside Job being a good catch and shoot guy? Who knows, man? Who knows? It sounds good. So you may get my dog in the background. He doesn't. I don't know. He will He's bark crazy. at everything. So I, I will. I'll go back and listen and see if I can take it out of there. But he's going nuts right now. So. Anyway, those are the two guys. Mason Jones, Arkansas, 6'5", shooting guard, can fill it up all three levels, got some holes in the game. Killian Tilly, 6'10", power forward center, can shoot the ball from three. He's got some holes, and he has health issues. That's the two guys we're bringing to you today. You can find the show on Twitter at HoopBallGrizz. I'm at DWill2111. Sam. It is Sammy B eleven eighteen. That is a capital S lowercase A M M Y capital B one 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 eight. All right, guys, we are gonna end it with that. Before I end it, I'm gonna where I'm gonna have Sane coming up next. He's coming on. I'm gonna give you his Twitter handle. If you're listening to the show and you're not following Sane and you're a Grizzlies fan, you're insane. Because yeah, you need to be you're following not doing the man. Right. Sane is on Twitter. Anthony Sane, he is at Sane Asylum. That's S-A-I-N-A-S-Y-L-U-M. Anthony Sane, Sane Asylum. On Twitter, he is an excellent follow and very interactive, man. Uh, I, I love watching his interaction with people. He He's a next-level troll, man, and, and it's, <laughs> it's great. It's good stuff to watch. So uh, enjoy Sane, and that's all we'll have for you today. Till next time. Go Grizz. Go Grizz. Yeager. All right, guys. We got Mr. Anthony Sane here with us today. He is uh, taking time out of his busy schedule to join me. Anthony, thanks again for coming on, man. Um, I'm going to let you do your own introduction, and we can take off from there, man. 
But yeah, just glad to be here today, David. Man, it's just uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports, uh, specifically in the NBA, man. So you know, it's just different times we live in. But I'm I'm ready to jump on with you and, and have this conversation. Yeah, man, it, it is. Um, you know, like growing up, I always kind of wondered how it would be like living and being around the marches and stuff when Martin Luther King was doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And then like this happened last night and I, and I'm not by any means implying that this is as big as what Martin Luther King done, but this is big stuff, man. This is stuff that is going to be, you know, in, in 15, 20, they're going to be talking about this in right. schools. This is going to be in history class and um, it's definitely something that, that needs to be addressed and uh, things definitely need to change. I'm glad to see that, you know, these guys with the platform that they have are stepping up and uh, and doing the right thing. Yeah, it's definitely not something as big as uh, times when Martin Luther King uh, was leading the civil rights movement and things like that. But uh, one thing that you can say that is, is quite different about it is, is the era we live in with social media and and television access and, and the internet and things like that it just makes the world smaller and makes everything so instant and uh information was just coming out you know in the moment literally yesterday and also today um uh after the players decided not to play with milwaukee and then you saw that the rest of the, of the uh games that day were canceled and the other teams uh within the league were, were basically saying they were going to be uh boycotted until further notice and then you saw today uh quick results from from the meeting this morning uh, that the guys decided to that they want to make the season happen and they're looking to play as early as Friday. I uh, just think just those type of things, uh, like I said, the internet and social media just makes things move so fast and give you that instant uh, gratification, almost so to speak. But um, it's just a historical moment yesterday, man, to, to see those things, uh, even to see Grizzlies players like John Moran and Jaron Jackson share their thoughts on Twitter about the whole situation. Uh, it was just a, just a captivating historical moment yesterday and today as well. Yeah, you know, I uh, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what they were going to do moving forward, you know, and, you know, there's questions about, uh, you know, what, what's their end game and, and stuff like that. And there's been a lot of guys that have addressed that. And, and, you know, at this point, they don't have to have a plan for an end game. The fact mm-hmm. that they're doing this is enough, you know, we want to see change. And so, you know, them, them stepping out, using their platform and doing right. you know, everything that they can within their power to to, you know, and invoke that change. And that's, um, you know, I'm obviously like the, the selfish side, I want to see basketball, but at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me is I want to see like the goals that these guys have from walking out on this game last night from, you know, shutting the three games down the the goals that they have. I want to see that work out more than I want to see basketball because at some point it's, it's, it's not about the basketball anymore. It's about simple human rights and, and the stuff that we're seeing is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's there, there's not a word in the dictionary that is, uh, is there that can really describe how awful it is. Yeah. And it's, it's not, about, like you said, it's not about the end game. I'm glad you said that. It's something that I hope hits home to a lot of people. It's not about a particular mission being accomplished. Uh, sure. You will love to see some instant reaction. Uh, they talked to, uh, the attorney general and also the lieutenant governor of the state of uh, Wisconsin yesterday. Um, but, you know, there's nothing, you know, resolved today. But just for these players to let these owners know that, look, man, you know, we're not here at your disposal. We're not here uh, strictly to entertain people. We will shut this down at a moment's notice uh, if if need be, if there's something we feel like this we need to verbalize. Um, I think it was encouraging to see these guys just ex- exercise their right to do so. Um 
But yeah, I'm encouraged by it. I, I enjoyed uh, watching the guys do that, uh, and I was I was glad to see it. I was emotional watching it unfold in front of my eyes, uh, whether it be on my phone <laughs> or on the television, uh, just to see these guys uh, stand up for what they believe in um, and, and just uh, let people know that, hey, we're not just athletes. And, um, and and we take this position we have serious and, and the authority that we have serious and the and the uh, position we have uh, that we they hold that serious. And um, like I said, I, I'm proud of these guys. I'm, as a black man, I'm, I'm proud as a parent. I'm, I'm proud and uh, just looking forward to see more uh, as these guys just continue to uh, a lot of these guys. Uh, they're, they're having a, a coming of age type of moment, so to speak, I think. Uh, I think it was Justice Winslow who said that uh, that he even as an adult at this point of his life he's realizing that um, when he when he takes his jersey off he, and he's not uh, Justice Winslow the basketball player he he's realizing that he's also a black man and he said he yeah. he almost got caught up in that where where uh, you know you gotta think these guys are highly talented athletes all their career from high mm-hmm. school he's the man college he's the man he went to the University of Duke won a national championship. But he realizes after all that, I'm still a, I'm still a man and I'm still a black man. And I, I, I'm subject to being uh, mistreated as well. And sure, he gets he said he gets preferential treatment because he's an NBA player. But um, he said he's realizing and a lot of these guys are realizing that uh, and, and they're using their platform in the best way. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. And it's easy to see on social media that, you know, there are a number of people that that don't care about the name. They don't, they don't care about any of they. Yeah. And unfortunately for like that, those people, there's not going to be anything that's going to change. There's some people that it doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to change their mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you go back to the, the, uh, the thing in golden state with the, the president of the Raptors, you know, that's, that's another example of, doesn't matter how how much money you have or how much hard work you put in doesn't make a difference and it's just i have uh you know i i've not had to deal with it i just haven't you know i i grew up in a neighborhood where i was the only white kid so i got to see it mm-hmm. firsthand i got to watch it happen to my friends but you know as far as me personally I didn't have to see any of that. And so, you know, I, I've got a son that is, you know, he's a senior this year and then I've got a, a newborn mm-hmm. and I'm hoping that by the time my newborn is at the age of my son is that, that we're in a different place. You know, I, I don't yeah. want to see, I don't want to see any of this man. And that's, um, you know, you, you've got a, a son and mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine, I, I would not want to be on, on your side having to have that conversation because no kid should have to, to have you shouldn't have to have that conversation with anybody no no it shouldn't even it shouldn't exist and so you know whatever it is to lead lead us to getting to that point you know if, if it's this if this is just the you know obviously it's not the beginning of it but if this is a big turning point for this yeah, I, i'm all for it man i i, I definitely want to see things move in a different direction me as well man like you said it's tough uh, raising your kids uh, I was talking about on the radio the other day how, um, you know, I was taking Gabe to Taekwondo and I was proud to see him taking Taekwondo classes. And I remember as a kid, I used to want to take that kind of stuff. My parents couldn't really afford it. Didn't really have the time to get me out to those events. Uh, and I was just, I was happy that I was able to take him. And I was thinking like, you know, back when I was a kid, learning martial arts was the big deal because it was the thing you needed to 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 stop bullies or whatever. Right. And nowadays, I mean, it's always been the case, but it's like these kids nowadays, hate is so open and it's almost like so okay to be hateful and, and ignorant and, and violent and destructive that 
you have to teach your kids, you know, how to avoid bad police officers and how to and how to comply and all these type of things and 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 how to avoid getting killed by some wild police officer and, and how to not scare a police officer and all those type of things. You know, that's just these added things you have to add. You have to add to your uh, uh, your uh, itinerary or your curriculum for teaching your kids, yeah. and uh, it's not a thing against all police officers because everyone knows that all po- police officers aren't aren't bad people. But there's too many guys who um, have this free fall mentality that are obviously on the force, and uh, guys who are uh, propelled by uh, perpetuated ignorance that's being uh, spewed out through this country and it's coming from the top down. Um, and it's just we're just in a sad case, man. Sad situation that. Uh, there's so many green lights being given to the ignorance and destruction and, and hate that's, uh, that's coming from above and going down to the citizens of this nation. Uh, but we just have to do better, man. The people who the people who get it and the people who uh, uh, refuse to continue these ways, uh, we just have to all stand together and find a way to uh, to become the majority in this situation. Let our voices be heard. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it is, man. It just, you know, for a long time, people have been maybe scared to say something or what, you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah. I, I think, you know, what you say coming together, unity is the key that the, yeah. for, you know, for everybody, for the, the greater good, it's going to be better if we all come, you know, and what do we need to do to make all this happen? I don't know. I don't have the answers. That's not what I'm here for, man. You know, like right. I'm, I'm here to, you know, cover basketball and, and enjoy life to, you know, as much as I can, but just definitely need to see something, uh, something better moving forward. Yeah. And, and people have to, um, I'm excited also, man, to just see people, uh, getting revelations, whether they're young, old or whatever, and just realizing that maybe I handled things the wrong way. Maybe I was too quiet for too long. I had a friend of mine reach out to me, a couple of friends of me reach out to me and basically tell me, these are friends that are uh, my white friends. And they're telling me, man, like I've been quiet for too long. And uh, I thank you for, he was like, you didn't, you didn't hesitate to reach out to me in a a different type of situation. So uh, I I apologize for hesitating to, to, to stand up for you. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, man, it's just, it's just, it's bad times and it's good times because people are growing, people are healing and people are realizing the area of their ways, which is always a good thing. But I I think that if we, I believe that uh, I just hope that I can see, I hope I live long enough to see change uh, in this country. And, and I hope that my son lives in a different climate than I live in. Me too, man. Me too. Yeah. One one quick thing and I'll let you get off here. I know you don't have much time. This yeah. is uh, uh, a lot less important, but I just wanted a little quick Grizzly thing from you, man. Mm-hmm. Grizzlies are setting second round number 40 pick. If you had to say, okay, this is the guy that they're going to take. Who Who are you looking at for the Grizzlies to take? Give me one player. Man, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm about to blow your whole thing up. I'm, I I get the biggest eye roll when I hear people talk about that type of stuff. I guess I've gotten a little bougie over the last couple of years having the number four and the number two pick. Like I don't have time for these guys at number four in the draft. <laughs> I got you. I understand, I am, man. I'm, it's like you know, I, don't, I don't really, I don't really know. I'm not gonna act like I've really researched guys a lot. Uh, like I really put a lot of time into finding out these guys. I was, uh, but once Tiger basketball got bad here in Memphis, or not as good as expected, I kind of tuned out on college basketball altogether. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm familiar with these guys, but like I said, I've gotten bougie, man. Like if, if you're not a if you're not a top ten guy, I don't have time for it. Man. So, <laughs> so I don't even want to look at it. We'll, yeah, we'll find out when you get here. Yeah, but the good hey. thing is, uh, one reason why I do have that one reason why I will say that in confidence. Of course, I'm joking around. Uh, but one thing I will say in confidence is that uh, I'm very. Uh, I have a lot of trust in this this front office as as constructed. 
King Climbing, Zach Climbing, as I like to call him, uh, King Climbing, uh, Tayshawn Prince and the whole crew over there. I just think they're doing a tremendous job. And I trust their evaluation processes. I'm optimistic. But wherever they choose, uh, they know a whole lot better than me. And I think that they'll uh, grab someone that they really can use. I think back to so many times when we wasted um, wasted draft picks, wasted second-round picks. Guys like Giannis Timmer, when uh, when other guys were on the board. Uh, <laughs> you know, you remember that draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could have drafted Robert Covington, who was right down the street, playing at East Tennessee <laughs> State, I believe. But we drafted Giannis Timmer uh, from overseas, uh, who was a waste of a draft pick. And um, but yeah, those are the type of uh, those are the type of things that I don't think will happen with this particular front office. I think they're very good at evaluating talent, and uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing whoever it is at 40. And then with these guys, man, I'm not I'm not I'm not convinced that 40 is on the time we'll pick. Um, last year we we were able to get another uh, first round pick uh, for Brandon Clark in uh, Brandon Clark. So um, you know you never know you never know what these guys are able to do uh, as far as making moves and uh, and getting another player on this team. But I'm just looking forward to it, man. Ready to get the season back started. The guys said they're they're ready to play. Ready to get the season over with. (laughs) Ready to get the draft going and seeing who the Memphis Grizzlies have uh, 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 in the fold for next season. That's right. Man, thanks again for coming on. Uh, I hope I can get you back sometime. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, thank you. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.